At the end of each week, I will sit and contemplate, what did I think about this week? What insights am I having in my marriage? What grabbed my attention in pop culture? What new mommy moments did I experience? Whatever makes my highlight reel at the end of the week is going to be a part of the discussion. Join me. Let's talk about it. Yo, what's good? It's your girl Janine and you are tuned into another episode of What Did I Think About This Week? I hope everybody had a wonderful week. I hope everybody is still hopping up out the bed and turning their swag on because that's the energy we're bringing all 2019. All right. Um, A couple quick shout outs. Shout out to Cherie and Ken for coming on the podcast last week and showing us some examples of positive images of black love on social media and kind of giving us a very transparent look into their relationship. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to my best friend Ariel for hosting her first official travel brunch on Sunday. Um, Truth be told, she is the reason why I'm posting a podcast on Tuesday and not Monday. Um, Because with Ariel, it is a requirement that our brunch spots have limitless mimosas. And where we went on Sunday, our waiter Tyler was on point. He made sure that the mimosas runneth over and that our cups were never empty and we sat there and we had mimosas from 12 30 to 5 30 so yeah y'all was not going to get a podcast from me on monday it was not going to happen but shout out to Ariel, shout out to tyler at hobnob the brookhaven location if y'all want to go have a schmancy but not so much brunch on sunday make sure you check him out but Enough with our recaps. I want to introduce the guests on the podcast this week. This is another newbie to the podcast, but a supporter, of course. Everybody, please welcome my friend, Valicia, a.k.a. V. Hello. Hello. Yay. <laughs> Guys, V is my, like, wholesome Southern Belle friends. Like, I met her, and I just knew that we were going to be best friends. Y'all know that meme where it's like, if you're at work, you're you go clock in, clock out. You're not supposed to make friends. I didn't know about that meme. I saw V. I walked up and I was like, "You're gonna be my friend." <laughs> I latched onto her like, "No, it's fine." She's like, "I just messed up. It's okay. Let it flow. <laughs> it's okay." But no, V just has this like aura about her where like you just know that she makes. A bomb ass cornbread, macaroni and cheese, and and sm- smothered pork chops. You just know. You just know. It's just something in that southern southern lady thing that she has going on. But shout out to V for being here with me. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. It's kind of late notice, but you was down for the cause. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> and another dope thing about V is V is like my mommy friend outside of my family of course where we're both experiencing toddlers around the same age and we're transitioning into mommyhood at the same time and the stories that we have are hilarious (laughs) (laughs) trying to raise these little queens but we'll get into that conversation a little bit later and we're going to get into what did I think about this week but before we do a quick word from our sponsors all right shout out to the sponsors for providing yet another episode of what I think about this week So let's hop off into our topic, shall we? The government shutdown has come to a temporary end for three weeks to allow both parties time to come to a compromise for um, border control. Uh, Trump had, I guess, like a little speech or a presentation or whatever that shit's called. I don't like to talk about politics because I don't like pretending to know what I'm talking about. But, you know, this is important where he was basically like, 
he's reopening the government for for three weeks and that both sides are going to have to come to a compromise for some sort of wall slash fence slash some kind of barrier. And if they don't come to a compromise and he'll shut it back down. I don't know. I think this is like, I want to call his bluff. I feel like you can't open the government for three weeks and then sh- shut it down. My question is, why didn't he consider this like before he shut it down? Like, why they couldn't come to a compromise before he shut it down? Exactly. Like, why you gotta reopen and then decide? I guess. Uh, I think it's him trying to still show like, or to try to make a power play, like to make it seem like he still has control and like he's the the president or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, no. <laughs> and I feel like you you know we're not about to. I feel like. Trump is trying to make good on a promise he made when he got into like he's trying to please his core base and what he ran on was I'm gonna build a wall and I'm gonna have the Mexicans pay for it. I just feel like at this point, like we all know it's bullshit. Like we all know it's bullshit. You don't start messing with people's money mm, at this point. Exactly. And when you start messing with people's money, like they don't give a fuck about no wall. Like, whoever I gotta, gave yeah. a fuck then, I don't think they really giving a fuck now about <laughs> a wall if right. you don't start messing with their money. So, give it up. Right. And then he made a comment. He was like, yeah, you know, government workers are going to come back to work and they're going to get back pay. But, like, if you think about what 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 the taxes are going to be off of that lump sum of mm-hmm. money because... You want some dickhead shit because you want to build this wall that nobody supports? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like really ridiculous. Said, I feel like it should be a percentage or something put on top of what you took from them because That's, they don't dug themselves in a hole. Like, who knows? They could have taken out loans to mm-hmm. try to, you know, figure out their bills and stuff. Like, the day, you back pay ain't. That's not doing it. Like, because I couldn't call my mortgage and be like, hey, guys, um, yeah. I know I owe you guys a mortgage payment, but I'm apart about that government shutdown. <laughs> Can I do an IOU later or you about to come seize this house? No. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So. On the side of the road. Right. Um, I don't know. I think this is maybe him trying to, again, appease his core. Considering we are nearing a re-election phase, you have different candidates coming out talking about them wanting to run for president, and he's like, "Okay, I gotta try to, I try to make, I, I, I gotta make good of these promises that I made," and I don't think he's gonna be able to do it. And I'm interested to see what's gonna happen after these three weeks if there's not a quote-unquote compromise for the border control. Hopefully, he doesn't shut it down again because yeah, that's not gonna be pretty. Yeah, we can't afford it at all. So. We shall see what happens with that. Moving right along to something <laughs> a little less serious. Shout out to ATL for hosting the 53rd Super Bowl. First of all, I had to gather many of people to come tell me what the fuck Super Bowl number this was. Because <laughs> I was trying to add XX and V and II and L2. Like, it was just too much. <laughs> so shout out to the 53rd Super Bowl. Um, are we excited about having all these visitors to our city? I'm standing out. Factual. <laughs> it's going to be super crowded. They're going to be taxing on everything. Um, yeah, I'm just not I'm just not looking forward to it. And then too like maybe cuz I don't go out like I'm not I'm not a bar hopper anymore yeah. and I think that I'm just I was going to be in the house anyway, but I'm really about to be in the house for real for real. I'll just probably see if I can throw a little shindig, a little party. But I'll be there because she has the best snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Look, pasta salad. 
pasta salad, pigs in a blanket. Y'all, I went to V's game night and she legit, first of all, I've never thrown another game night because y'all would be lucky if I got chips and dip. Yeah, okay, thank you. Let's meet in the middle. Thank you. But guys, let me just, sh- so first of all, it was a Christmas, ugly Christmas sweater slash onesie themed game night. So everybody actually showed up in costume or in dress code. And I go in her kitchen and got pasta salad with <laughs> broccoli in it that was still crispy but cooked to perfection. Pigs in a blanket. I feel like you had like boneless chicken wings that you had. Oh, she had wings. I was, I was fucking them up. She had cheese dip. I was like, she putting me to shame. I can't host any more game nights. Yes, you can. Just gotta step the game up. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, so um, I don't know with the Atlanta thing or with us hosting the Super Bowl. I think that's good. That's gonna bring a lot of money to the city. Um, I would like for people to see the city and realize that we're just not all about strip clubs. We got some other stuff going on too. They still gonna be at the strip club. They still gonna be at the strip club. <laughs> but like, I would like for y'all to go see the Beltline and go to Edgewood, go to the High, just kind of see some other things that we have. It's it's not all about the strip club, even though that's what we're known for. Um, but everybody be careful though, because with big events like that, you know, you're gonna have some. People who ain't shit who are going to try to target people. Yeah. Um, Kiki Palmer got her Porsche stolen um, a few days ago. I don't know if that's because of people visiting for the Super Bowl or she just got caught slipping. It's just convenient timing. You know what I'm saying? So make sure if you do go out to partake in the festivities that you are on your P's and Q's. Stay safe and drink responsibly. All right. Now, what else we got to talk about? Ugh. Um, This is a serious topic. How do we feel about people of the Caucasian persuade Caucasian persuasion saying the N word? Well, me personally, I don't loosely use the N word. Mm-hmm. So I feel that they should, you know, do the don't same. Say it. Yeah, you know, don't you know, don't say it. But on the <laughs> other end, if you have this black person calling this white person, you know, the N word then why can't they call them that back? Because there, there are black people that actually, you know, come out and... My nigga. Yeah. To a white person. To yeah. a white person. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I guess Hispanic people are kind of close. <laughs> it's kind of a little bit safer. I, I get Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's person, hard, yeah. This is coming from a person, like I said, don't really use the N-word like that. Not that I have anything against it. I don't flinch or get offended when I hear it. So that's something that's part of your vocabulary like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it just... You know, don't leave my mouth right. like everybody else's. Right. So the reason that I ask this is for two reasons. So firstly, um, I'm sure all of you saw the situation in Miami where um, a 51-year-old guy was arrested on weapons charges because he pulled out a gun on a group of black teenagers during a uh, wheels up guns down protest and basically what happened was it was a girl or a woman rather she was a grown-ass woman i guess she was telling them to move their bikes because she had to pick up her kids one of them ran over her foot with the bike mind you it's a bicycle it's not like it was a motorcycle ran over her foot and she was like you need to move out the way you just ran over my foot Uh." and then (laughs) and then so you see this white guy come out and um you know i i think in context, like he was, I guess, doing what he felt like was protecting his girl. Because, I mean, you know, 
I don't like as a woman being surrounded by five teenagers, regardless of whatever, probably not the safest thing. But at the same time, don't come out with your car popping shit if you're going to be scary. But at the same time, so the guy comes out and and he has his gun. To my understanding, I thought Florida was like a like a safe to carry state. So not really sure why why the charges were pressed against him, but whatever. So he has a gun and he's like calling them losers, backup losers move out the way and then he says niggers so then it goes from him potentially just wanting to save a damsel in distress to him now being racist because it was like he had the niggers inside the tuck and was just waiting for an opportunity to pull that shit out so i think that that's one situation where you're like looking at the context like okay was was he saying that because he really is racist or was it on some like you know, like I'm just on some tough guy type of shit and I'm just going to pull out a word that I know you're going to be offended yeah. by. So that's one thing. Either way, he shouldn't he shouldn't have got out the car with a gun at a wheels up, guns down protest. <laughs> Maybe he didn't know. <laughs> right. Just like wrong place, wrong time. And then you call them niggers like just wasn't a good look. But he was arrested. Five thousand dollar bill whatever I know I didn't follow up with him because he's trash now how it hit home for me and what I talk about a lot is a lot of times we don't really understand things or don't really have compassion towards things until it affects us personally so I'm on Facebook minding my own business and I see a friend of mine or I'll say an old friend from high school that I was very close with and she's of the Caucasian persuasion and this is somebody that I was essentially best friends with in high school and she's on Facebook and she appears to be beefing with this guy and she proceeds to be like you are a fake nigga I don't fuck with niggas like you I'm a real nigga da 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 use niggas like five times inside this paragraph mind you she's like white white and the guy that she was calling a nigga is also white white And so this is the first time where I was conflicted with a white person using the N-word because I know her. And because we were best friends, I'm like, you obviously aren't racist or don't have any malice in your heart for black people. You just reached a point where you're hella comfortable saying that word to the point where you were so comfortable to put it on Facebook. Who told you it was okay for you? Because she never said niggas around me. But you got to remember this like 10 years ago. First of all, the fact that it was 10 years ago is heartbreaking. But yes, it was. <laughs> we get old. Yeah, we are. Oh my gosh. So then it's like, then I start to, then I start to dig into people's backstories. Like, okay, like she's in like Flowery Branch, Buford area. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if, I don't know, bruh. I, I don't even want to try to understand why she said it or how she got to a point. I just know for me, this was the first time where I was like, do I want to say something to her? Because I almost wanted to comment like, like, damn, bitch, like you saying mm-hmm. niggas a lot. But then I'm also like, I, I need to keep that same energy because I'm the type of person. I'm like, if you don't like what I post, if you don't like some something mm-hmm. I say, then just keep scrolling or or un, unfollow me. But we also got to get to a point is if we see bad behavior, we have to call that shit out, too. Yeah. So I was just in a really conflicted position. First of all, I didn't know how to feel that sh- that she was saying it. I didn't know how I was supposed to react or if I was supposed to say something. And I'm trying to figure out 
like if a white person said nigga in front of me, how would I react to that? Because I've also never dealt with that. I think I would have asked her on the sake of just trying to get inside her head. It wouldn't have been like on no trolling type. Yeah. You know, trying to cuss her out or, you know, nigga in the street. (laughs) Catch me outside. Yeah. Just trying to figure out like at what point did you feel like this was okay? Yeah, yeah. Look, woman to woman, it wouldn't have been no woman to woman. I just want to ask you a question, (laughs) but to keep it a buck, like, I don't know. I felt like when I added her on Facebook, like, because I just recently found her again, I felt like I was like reaching out, like, oh my god, my old friend, what's up, how's life? And she was just kind of like very dry with me, too. So now, right, not even if it's racist or just like we outgrew each other, but I'm almost feeling like we don't have that space to where I should feel comfortable like trying to come to her on a woman to woman conversation. Cause like, that's not the friend I thought I had, or that's, we don't have that friendship we once had. Yeah. So now I'm just like, so I was talking to Jude about it. He was like, I would just unfollow her. Like at this point, like y'all not friends anymore. You're probably not going to see her. You don't fuck with the fact that, that she said it just, just unfollow her. Leave it be. Leave it be. So, um, I'm interested for others. And the thing, too, that I'm learning about niggas is that niggas is not the the word niggas. Mm-hmm. The word niggas is not, like, used in the way that we try to make it seem like it's used. Like, a lot of times, niggas is just another word for them over there, dude, bro, he, she. Like, it's just a word to put in place of a, another noun. So, I don't know if... We're going to get to a point where, like, the hate attached to it is going to still be there. But then at the same time, probably. Because I still can't fathom a white person like, hey, what's up, nigga? I'm sorry, what? I just feel like it need to just be scratched from... Okay. So, nobody should say it. Yeah, I mean, fair is fair. Like, Mm -hmm. if you walking around saying, my nigga this, my nigga that... I know it's kind of hard to say, but why get offended if a white person is using it in that context? Mm-hmm. Like, if you know that they are trying to be malicious, that's a different story. Right. But, like I said, I don't use the word that loosely. So, yeah. this is coming from somebody who don't use it loosely. But I and she's like, black, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're a person that's saying, my nigga this, my nigga that, and you refer to any race as nigga, why get mad if a white person refer to you as nigga? Like, it's kind of being hypocritical. And I have a problem with the fact that I can say niggas so loosely, but I have never called, a, like, a white person a cracker, ever. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> but, like, if I say <laughs> niggas, like, I should be like, oh, you cracker-ass cracker. I should be yeah. able to say that, but I don't. Like, all because I'm like, wow, that's a rough word. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a rough word, but, like... Yeah, they say twice. niggas. Like, I mean, that's because you're not racist. Like, maybe, yeah. yeah. So then that should be the like same it. way white people should be. Like, if you're not racist, you shouldn't have the want to say the word this nigga. Is true too. I like how you put some perspective on that. <laughs> Thank you, V. Yeah. So, um, praying for people of the Caucasian persuasion and and, and hope that y'all don't say niggas around the wrong nigga. <laughs> Just don't say niggas around the wrong nigga. All right. So, um, ooh, music, entertainment stuff. Cardi B signs a Las Vegas residency at the Palms Casino. Shout out to Cardi because Cardi, yo, Cardi can't lose. I'm telling you. Like, everybody is like, oh, she's just going to have this, like, short-lived fame. Her 
probably about 15 seconds inside the limelight and then she makes another deal then she drops another hot single then she does a deal with fashion nova then she's doing all this other stuff she has a a residency in las vegas and her career is still fairly new and and for her to secure a bag like that is bomb it's amazing i think cardi owes the fact that she's so successful is the fact is that she's staying true to cardi very much so if you think about her from loving hip hop, mm-hmm. same Cardi, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the same Cardi B, mm-hmm. and I think as long as she keep that mindset, then she'll be okay. I don't right. think she's going nowhere no time soon. Do we want to see Cardi B mature or become more re- refined, or do we want her to always be the regular schmegula girl from the Bronx? I mean, of course we want her to grow, but yeah. we don't want her to lose herself either, right? Like. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, just stay true. You can stay true and, you know, elevate at the same time. I think that's true. Good point. Um, they haven't released her take-home amount, but um, apparently the Palms is doing like this $690 million like renovation to where they're really trying to like bring more people out. I don't know what they're doing, but um. If Drake secured a 10-show minimum deal for $10 million, do we feel like Cardi would reach that $10 million or she's going to probably get less? Mm, I think she should get as much as he get because I think as far as like their careers now, they're both, you know... As far as their relevancy. Yeah. Yeah. They're, and their impact on the culture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Maybe. I don't know if... They have to go based off of time put in or something like that. I wonder if they go based off of like catalog too, because like Drake's been doing this for years, like consecutively. Like, so maybe his catalog is more extensive to where he can get paid more. Yeah. But Cardi's gonna bring out, is gonna fill up seats too, though. So I don't know. I don't know how that works. But shout out to Cardi. High five to you and all of your success and you making these money moves. Mm Alright, so um, the game drops a snippet of a single listening session on his social media and the lyric that was exposed has people in their feelings. And V actually didn't know anything about this. We briefly talked about it earlier, but I would like to read off what it says. Um, He does use the N-word a lot, but... (laughs) I held Kim Kardashian by the throat, nigga. I made her swallow my kids until she choked, nigga. I should apologize because yay my folks, nigga. End quote. Um, excuse me? (laughs) Like no game like no 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 i like i can't there's no there's no i i feel like first of all you don't have any beef with yay this song literally came out of nowhere and even if you're trying to gain attention on the song this was a very like disrespectful bar for somebody that you're not beefing with because I remember like I had a problem when um when when uh, when Drake and Pusha T was beefing and Pusha said something about Drake's friend and then I felt the way because I felt like he said something too personal and everybody's response to me was oh well like there's no rules in war and 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 they're battling they have beef so of course he's gonna hit low for for gaming yet and I have no beef in him to still say some disrespectful shit like that I don't like it and I feel like 
Niggas love bringing Kim's name up. Everybody want to be like, oh, Kim's, Kim's a hoe or she's this, that. And the third, but niggas say her name for, for clout. Yeah. Like Kim's name or her company or whatever gives people a different level of, of, I don't know what fame, not fame, but like clout. Yeah. And I hate that word. That's the only other word that I have. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's what she's known for. That's that's how she got, I guess, to where she was. She is like I don't know. If that's how she wanted to be known. But mm-hmm. As far as her sex, yeah. Oh, okay. I mm-hmm. mean, she's here because of that. That's true. So, I don't know. I think um, I don't know. I, but see, okay. Yes, she was able to get more fame. Well, first of all, let's just kind of go back. Kim K, like Paris Hilton and all of them were the first celebrities of being famous for simply being famous. Yeah. Like not really like not really having any real yeah. talent. They're they're just famous for having money and being I guess cute. Yeah. Right? So she already had that. So then she was able to put on her whole family because of the Ray J sex tape. Now, Yes, yes, the sex tape dropped, but it was like she was getting like ran, like a train wasn't being ran on her. This was a sex tape that she made with her boyfriend that made that got leaked or that they decided to drop or whatever the fuck. I don't know, but that was her boyfriend. I just didn't feel like at the end of the day they capitalized on it. Why not? (laughs) If it's gonna get leaked, like, am I gonna put it on Pornhub and like it just be looked at for, for free, or am I about to make some coins off of this? I mean, I guess if you feel some type of weight, well, I don't know. Did it necessarily get leaked or it was mm-hmm. something that they just, Right, we don't know how it happened. Did they yeah. just put out there? But I just feel like if you felt some type of way, if you truly felt some type of way about it, you would have tried to get, I guess, in front of it and tried to figure out who who did right. you know, who did it and tried to file some kind of, you know, legal... Hey. I mean, I, I mean, I guess it's to each his own. I, guess. It, I mean, I feel like, yeah. I mean, for, for each other, like, for me, of course, I wouldn't want a sex tape to leak. Yeah. Of, of course not. But for a Kim K type of situation, like, hey, if I, like, obviously people fuck with my sex appeal. Yeah. That's really all I got. I can't act. I don't sing. Like, people fuck with my sex appeal. So if we go and drop this sex tape, I'm going to make some bands off of it. Then then that could lead into a modeling career. Then that could well, well, I mean she was doing like cal- calendars and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like people were just paying for her for her look. Yeah. So the fact that she was able to take a sex tape and turn it into like a family business, like her whole family is good. And maybe not solely off of the sex tape because let's keep keep it a buck. Anybody can drop a sex tape and have that one mo- moment of fame, but they've been able to consecutively stay relevant yeah. doing nothing really other than making smart business choices. And that's a talent because some people don't know how to do that. So I give them their props on that. I mean, but I guess back to the whole game situation, the comment he made. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was wrong because it's a whole married lady. She got a whole family. Right. Like, I bring up something, something that obviously happened years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you mentioning her name was nothing more than attention seeking. Yeah. Period. I mean, if y'all had sex yesterday, then that's a different story. Cause she shouldn't have been no married woman <laughs> years ago. 
No, I'm just no, saying. No, no, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But y'all, <laughs> y'all's sexual experience, if mm-hmm. any, was years ago. And then he went on Big Boy Radio for a phone interview, and he was basically trying trying to justify it. He was like, um, I'm pretty sure my mom swallowed, let's be real, like, all of y'all are here. <laughs> Regardless of if your mother was yeah. swallowing or not, like, you have enough respect for her to know, hey, yeah. mama did her back in the day. She did what she did to get me here, but I'm never going to speak on that because that's my mom like I have respect for her and I feel like I don't know I just feel like people don't respect him (laughs) like at all like I won't say at all they could just put more respect on her name especially considering now that she's married and and she has kids regardless of what she did in the past like let's focus on who Kim is now I know I sound like a Kim advocate, and like, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> I know I sound like that, but I don't know. I just don't like it. Yeah, like, I know my whole, like I said, my whole opinion when it comes to Kim K is biased, I guess. And I don't truly just follow her to know exactly what right. she does and what she's contributed, you know, to, to, to our society, I guess. Right. All I know her off of is pretty much the same thing. And... Like I said, I don't know who thought that is because I don't know if she leaked it, they leaked it, somebody leaked it. <laughs> Shout out to Game. Um, <laughs> let's 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 not talk about um, Kim K inside your raps anymore. But he seems very unapologetic about it. And hey, That's him anyway. I'm the type of person like, yo, do what you do. Just keep the same energy throughout the whole thing because some people would have tried try to back yeah. um backtrack like oh you know what maybe that <laughs> that wasn't poor taste i was just trying to rhyme and that just made sense in the bar but no he's like keep that same energy like hey it fucking happens i'm sure everybody's mama in here has sw- swallowed before <laughs> yeah. so i said what i said you can tell them genuine folks had something coming because the same way <laughs> like, <laughs> they say whatever yeah. they want to say absolutely absolutely shout out to him um, more on um fake rat beefs. Tory Lanes versus Don Q. Listen, I'm here for the whole battling for sport, right? I can appreciate when two MCs, two artists, whatever the fuck, wanna kinda go head head to head and say, Hey, this is what my pen is looking like. How about yours? And they can have a friendly competition. Um, Tory Lanes, well, first, Don Q dropped a single single, I'm not joiner. Um, he had to come for Tory Lane's hairline like that <laughs> on numerous occasions. He just talked about his hairline. Um, and then Tory Lane's dropped Don Queen. I didn't even have to listen to the whole thing. First of all, when you start a track when I'm picking out caskets with your baby mama, <laughs> enough. Then he was like, you have a Jeep Wrangler, the basic package. You didn't even get the full. I was like, yo, he came for the Jeep Wrangler? <laughs> like Everybody ain't able. <laughs> he said, you got the basic package. You didn't, you didn't even get the fully loaded. I was like, well, that's enough. Just came for the man. You just yeah. said you're going to pick out his casket with his baby mom. 30 seconds in. That's enough. <laughs> um, I think that... I, 
I don't know. I don't know why Tori's doing this. I guess he's just really. I guess he has his soldier boy thing going on. Like, like, yo, y'all better respect my pen. <laughs> y'all better respect the fact that I'm really out here and I'm creative and I'm writing my own rhymes. Cause, like, I don't know. I think people don't underestimate. They him. do underestimate Tori, or they don't want to give him a shot to 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 really listen to what he's doing and what he's saying. So shout out to Tori. I like it. Um. I don't know. Do we want to see this go more rounds, or are we cool with the, with the two songs? I mean, I don't think you can go no harder than picking out a with somebody's baby mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn. Yeah, that's true. All right, so um, let's get into some other things. Uh, Chris Brown was um, arrested but then released for alleged rape um, in Paris. We all heard about it. Uh, we don't need so much get into the details. The fact that they released him and apologized lets us know that they probably don't have a lot of evidence to stand on and that it was some bullshit. Um, Chris Brown then says that he's going to file a suit for defamation. As which, he should. As he should. <laughs> I feel like, um, and I was telling V this, I feel like with the after the rise of the Me Too movement, I can really appreciate that women are feeling empowered enough to speak up when they feel that a misbehavior has been done or if they've been assaulted or anything like that. I can appreciate that we now feel that we have a voice and that we don't have to put up with that shit. That's great. But what I'm not okay with is that people taking advantage of sensitive times or the fact that that's a major thing now to where you feel like, oh, I'm just going to scream rape and then because the me too movement is so popping right now because it's a chris brown they're gonna come to my defense he already has a history of getting in trouble i'm gonna be able to cash out whether it be like a story whether it be an interview whether it be him giving giving me hush money what whatever the case may be you was trying to come up on that so yes chris brown should definitely sue her that was some bullshit okay that's it some yeah this it it was terrible and the fucked up part too is that once you're guilty in the court of public opinion it's so hard to come back from that and chris brown is one of those cases to where it's like every year you just see chris brown going through something and instead of them focusing on that one issue whether it be big or small they got to bring up all the other shit starting with the re start starting with the rihanna case like they go from there and they just like recap everything he's done to basically paint this picture to say, hey, he's a bad guy anyway. This is just some other shit he's doing do- doing now. I think it's fucked up. I would like to see see Breezy live a life of righteousness and peace <laughs> and stop getting locked yeah, up for um, stuff. I even heard on the radio, like he's somewhat staying afloat, I guess, with the situation because he's um turning, I guess, lemons into lemonade by using that bitch line. I don't know if they said it was a comment somebody yeah. made on his Instagram or something. I think he said that. Oh, he did? No, 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 no. I think maybe maybe Joyner said that. Oh, well, somebody said I think, that. yeah. I think he's putting that on his Black Pyramid. Um, that bitch was lying. <laughs> he's putting it on that. So How do we feel about the word bitch? Bitch. Because <laughs> that's what the other mean? thing now where where I'm seeing where people people are, oh you know you shouldn't use the word bitch mm. why not I mean bitch don't have like no 
hard like history behind it you know how i guess women are trying to reclaim our time and like you can't say anywhere a bitch to me again it all comes with like intent (laughs) like for instance like we're talking like bitch but if I was like, bitch, shut up, like, it would be different. Yeah. It's all about intent. Yeah. And for a man, maybe you shouldn't just go around calling bitches bitches. But in this situation, <laughs> a girl who's lying about you raping her probably can of be called course. a bitch. <laughs> like, you probably get the pass to call her a, a bitch. More than a, that's a mess, yeah. Yeah. So, so like you said, once somebody view you as a rapist, it ain't no coming back from mm-hmm. that. Facts. Especially in such sensitive times that we're in. So, shout out to see Breezy. Good for you for being able to fight that. Um, I hope that you sue her. I don't know how much money she has, but take her for every penny that she's got. Because you shouldn't have did it. I'm telling you. Um, it was a really rapey week. And I say that play, playfully only because that's like a coping mechanism when like things are uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, let's throw some comedy in there to try to loosen things up. But um, Facebook this week had a... viral video go out of a um, alleged or a sexual assault happening and it's so many layers to this as to why I have a problem um you saw the video no no did did you see pieces of it no I just heard about it and it just um it just kind of turned my stomach yeah I didn't want to and that's the thing for me too so when I first saw it like somebody just shared it and when I was reading the comments as to what it was about, I didn't even play the whole video only because I'm still very sensitive to videos like this. Like the fact that people can just share yeah. these videos with no type of like remorse, no type of empathy. You're just sharing it like it's a video of a cat playing a fucking p- piano. It's crazy to me. Like whether it's videos of girls being assaulted whether it's like those brutal fight videos whether it's people getting shot like people are just so desensitized so that's so that's my first issue the fact that we just got to a point where we're literally seeing these terrible acts happen and you're just watching it and not batting an eyelash like that's crazy i saw one of my facebook friends she was just um she was talking about it and of course people put the little eye emojis trying to get the video Mm -hmm. and then probably a couple hours after she I guess quote unquote had it. She was like, "Look, I don't have the video." It's like she was trying to get some type of attention off. Yeah, of yeah. And I'm like, weird. Yeah. yeah, super weird. Then the other issue for me is like, you start to see who people really are when shit like this happens, and they they're either trying to justify what happened. Mm-hmm. Or they're trying to make excuses. So I heard, first of all, I've heard so many different stories. I heard that, you know, she's married. She was trying to get back at at her husband. It was a get back gone wrong. I heard people call her a hoe because, be, um, because their homeboy fucked her. Because, like, it happened at a nightclub here in Atlanta Opera. And, and we live here, so... It's not unlikely that somebody on our friend list put, potentially knows her because Atlanta is big, but it's very small too. Like yeah. everybody somehow know each other. But I also heard that she ain't from here though. I think she was from South Carolina somewhere. See, and that's, and that's how you know nigga, niggas be lying. He was like, oh, I know that she's a hoe because um, B, cause my homeboy smashed. Mm, it clearly said, someone said that she said clearly in the video to the guy. This is how I guess he knew to take advantage of her, that she was there by herself and she wasn't from Atlanta. Mm, she was busy. Okay. So, 
That's crazy. I didn't even know that part of the story. But yeah, so you have people who's defending it, saying that she was a hoe, that she's married, so so she shouldn't have been at the club anyway. The fact that she was on stage twerking with her ass out, so so fucking she asked for it. Like, excuse me? Who asked for rape? First of all, the fact that I'm married does not mean that I can't go out to the club and have a good time. Like, who the fuck told you that? You're sounding like future right now because I like that's not okay. So then the fact that y'all said she was on stage twerking her ass and that means that she was asking for somebody to come rape her is also very fucking retarded. And I'm disgusted and I'm fearful for the fact that we are walking around and partying with niggas that actually think like this. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And and the fact that you take a girl on stage dancing as an invitation to push yourself on her is really ridiculous. I mean, if that's the case, every stripper in Atlanta should have raped me tatted on their forehead. Pretty much. Because they dance naked. Mm-hmm. Like, but you know, you can't go in the strip club, hop on the stage, and just start having sex. Right. With the. Uh, and honestly, regard and then like when when it comes to like people playing F. First of all, FBI. I mean, Facebook has their own FBI team to whenever stories like this come out. The fact that y'all start going going on other people's posts and looking at the suggested friends and pulling up different posts from different days to piece the 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 um, story together. Y'all have too much fucking time on y'all hands. Too much time. But let's say hypothetically speaking. Shorty, um, Shorty was trying to play get back to her husband, or if it wasn't a full blown rape, or if it was a what, whatever. Let's just say it wasn't as serious as as we say it is. My concern is the fact that there were men and women who were trying to justify her being sexually assaulted based off of the fact that she was dancing or that she was at a club or somehow trying to make it her fault that, that a man did that to her. That's sick. It's really crazy. And I thought after the R Kelly shit, people would have a change of heart, but I guess not. And I um, also heard that from people who actually saw it, said that she was screaming, Mm -hmm. help, no, Stop, you know, mm-hmm. get off of me. And I guess obviously he, I guess, drugged her by putting something in her drink, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. And as an active viewer of Law and Order, SVU, <laughs> right. I've learned that, you know, no means no. Like, yeah, period. No, even if you, like, midway mm-hmm. having sex with somebody, you have a change of heart. Somebody, t- you know, the person tell you no. Right. Stop. Like, That's their right to say what, no. Yeah, what is so hard about just forgetting that nut that you wanted <laughs> and just you know Word. going on about your merry day right facts um it was sickening um i haven't followed up too much on it just because that whole situation was just too much for me to handle um but i hope that she's getting the help that she needs she she did post a video where she was basically like all of you Facebook detectives, the shit y'all saying is not true. I did not know him. That's not the same guy. Like they was even pulling up pictures that that she posted earlier in the day and was trying to say 
that 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 she had been with him before the club scene. Even if I was with this nigga all day, if I said no, it means no. At the end of the day, y'all are trying to justify something that has no justification. People fail to realize you can be raped by your husband. Like you can Facts. be raped by your boyfriend. You yeah. can be raped by your best friend. Yeah. You, know, you can be raped by your uncle. You can be raped by somebody you know. Right. Like, you can't just sit here and be like, you know, she. I just feel like that's BS to say, oh, she knew him. And and I think that that just shows the, the, the ignorance that we have as a community as it pertains to, like, sexual assault and what's considered to be normal behavior stuff that... that it like it is what it is. You're just supposed to look over it and yeah. and sweep it under a rug. So that shit is off the chain. But yeah, I hope that she's doing well. Um, I hope that you know the Facebook detectives haven't stressed her out too much. And um, I believe the guy has been arrested. So if he really did rape her, he needs to get dealt with, as do all other rapists. Um, but that pretty much wraps up our topics for pop culture this week. On to some introspective moments. Introspective moments with Nina. All right, so this week's introspective moment, I have named Mommy Mayhem. Because as I mentioned earlier, V is like my mommy friend, and we talk and we compare mommy stories and we get our kids together, our, our daughters together for play dates. So I just kind of wanted to talk about what it means to be a mom, what the transition has been like. Um, myths <laughs> that they tell us about becoming a mom etc and so on so before we start I just kind of wanted to throw out some like mommy controversies and see what side of the fence you're on um first controversy breastfeeding versus bottle feeding slash formula what side of the fence are you on of course breastfeeding okay i breastfed my baby until she was 15 months right so what was your decision or or why did you decide to go breastfeeding versus the formula route? um i had a mommy friend she had a baby was it a year and a half two years older than my daughter mm-hmm. and she breastfed until he was ooh, i think almost three he could have mm-hmm. been three mm-hmm. and i just saw how healthy he was and how bright and how smart he was right you know and that just kind of dictated my decision on you know saying hey you know if she can do it I can do it too. Facts. Um, what was the hardest thing about breastfeeding for you? In the beginning, latching. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost, like, gave up in the first month or so. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like she wouldn't she wouldn't latch. And then I also kind of got disappointed where I had to kind of supplement, um, you know, formula in the beginning. But, you know, we kind of got through yeah. that hump. Probably about the second or third. Going on the third month, she was, you know, exclusively breastfeeding. Right. So when it was time to, like, stop breastfeeding, was the transition from breast to bottle hard or not so much? She, we didn't go, because she was 15 months. So oh, so it was, like, straight food at that point. It was time for her to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, same. It was really to be off, but they yeah. say it's good to, you know, that they can be toddlers still breastfeeding. But, right. um, yeah, she didn't have to go to a bottle like she gave up on bottles i take that but i just thought about it she was four months Mm -hmm. when i stopped pumping because she refused the bottle Mm -hmm. for some odd reason like at four months she just would not take a bottle at all so i kind of had to exclusively just breastfeed her right 
you know, discontinue, I guess, pumping. I had a similar experience. Like, Jade did not do, like, it was literally only one bottle I could give her that she, like, semi-drank from. But other than that, it was, and, like, breast oil. And that's what I thought it was, too. Like, I even switched her bottle. Mm-hmm. Like, no other bottle would work. And really, it kind of saved me a little energy because trying to keep up with pumping mm-hmm. and um, breastfeeding at the same time, like, once you pump something, she... It's gone. Like, yeah. I could never get to the point where I was storing, like, gallons of milk in the freezer. I used to be jealous when I would <laughs> yeah. see the ladies. Like, they have a whole freezer full of breast milk. Like, how'd y'all do it? Days. I went and bought them damn bags. From <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and something I've learned with us, like, we just do things off of the strength. Like, us wanting to have the accessories. Like, I just wanted to have, like, a breast pump yeah. and, like, get the little baggies and stuff. I didn't use that shit Mm-mm. at all. Mine went to waste, too. Absolutely. All right, um, Ferber method versus nurturing. And the fever method is basically where parents feel like they should just let the baby cry it out. Like if uh, if you're trying to put them to sleep, you just let them cry it out and they'll put themselves to sleep versus you feeling like I have to rock her and like put her to sleep myself. I guess it kind of depends on my mood. I guess it's kind of sad to say. But yeah, like, no. If I'm exhausted, then I wouldn't let her scream for hours, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess I lean more toward you know nurturing her mm-hmm. because being a first time mom, you always think something a cry. You have to kind of get used to what a cry means, mm-hmm. and if it's like a different cry, then you kind of get anxious and kind of scared. So for the most part, right. yeah, I I had to kind of caught on. I guess that's the right word. Yeah, <laughs> you know her when she would you know act like that because for the most part she felt. Back to breastfeeding, she fell asleep on my boob. So that was a problem for me. Me too. And I felt like towards the end there, she wasn't doing it to eat. She was doing it because yeah, like that soothed her. Meanwhile, my titty hurt, and it's because you <laughs> <laughs> just want to go to sleep. Figure something out. <laughs> so more so nurturing than yeah. the fervor method. Okay, I feel like I know your answer to this one: cold sleeping versus independent sleeping. That's kind of both too, but. For now, she's two and she still sleeps, you know, with us. Mm-hmm. So I guess go sleeping. Yeah. At one point, I was trying to get her out of the bed, and she did good for probably about a month of her life. Is you know, more so I guess my fault, our fault. When you get you know kind of lazy, when you get lazy and don't want to have to take those extra steps to have to wake up in the middle of the night. But once she got to, like I said, once she got to that point of sleeping through the night, we did try putting her in the crib. I don't really know how mm-hmm. she made her way back in our bed. And I guess <laughs> it, it had, a, like I said, it was probably more my fault because right. the bed just felt empty Aww. without her. So. Love your baby. Cold sleeping. But I, I agree. I think a lot of it is on us. Um, you, Even with the breastfeeding stuff, like people would say, oh, I don't like to breastfeed because I just want to be able to fix fix a bottle and keep it moving. First of all, the fact that I just got to grab her and put her on on the teat. I don't have to go warm up water. I don't have to measure out powder. Like literally it's right here. Easiest thing ever in my opinion. And then with the co-sleeping thing, as you said, it's just easier to just have her in bed with me. I don't have to get up and try to have to make those multiple trips back and forth to her room to get her comfortable. But she's three now. It's, it's, it's time. It's time. But um, I don't know if you saw, but, um, oh, my gosh, Steph, Steph Curry's wife, Alicia. Mm-hmm. Aisha. 
Aisha Curry? I think so. For sure. I need to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I, um, Aisha Curry um, basically had this interview, and I forget where it came from, so I can't get my sources right now. But she was basically talking about her marriage and how um, she puts her husband before her kids, but not in, like, a malicious way, but basically her saying, like, we have to make sure we're good to create an environment to where they're good. And one of the things that she was that she kind of spoke on was the fact that like I'm not gonna have my kids sleeping in the bed if that's gonna interfere with me and my husband's time to do what we do because we got to make sure that we're still good. This is true. And so I didn't really think about that, but um maybe because we find ways around it. But you know it, it like your kid can almost become too dependent to where you're a hundred percent on mommy mode and not really into your relationship. And that's not you wanting to be a neglectful mom, but it is important to keep your relationship with your man alive and healthy, even after having a kid. So do you feel like the co-sleeping thing interfered with that at all or not so much? You just found a way around it as, Um, as we did. (laughs) There's ups and downs when it comes to that. Yeah. Like, for the most part, yeah. The first thing on my mind is if Ava's okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I can take blame and take fault for sometimes, like, allowing, I guess, being a mother to get in the way of being, I guess, a girlfriend. Yeah, for sure. And making sure his mental, I guess, is okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of just comes with being a first-time mom because you really just don't know how to juggle. Yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah. It, it takes experience. I think if we had a second child... You've had it. the practice. You know how to balance yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. And there's a controversy that I did not know about until I was doing research on mommy controversies, and it's called elimination communication, which is basically a theory where parents believe their kids should be diaper-free. And they just kind of wing it when it comes to the podcast. <laughs> I wish I could see her face. <laughs> no. Right. It's bad enough to have to clean a shitty diaper. You think I'm finna try to scrub a shitty carpet? You just want to, oopsies, my man made a pee-pee on the exactly. floor. Excuse me? So what are we doing this for? Like, what are we talking about? I don't know. It's it's called <laughs> elimination communication. This is where the kids are diaper-free, and it's supposed to be an easier transition into potty training, considering they don't they, they don't get used to the parachute, quote-unquote, of having a diaper. Like, they learn very quickly, oh, shit, I can't pee on the floor. Let me go to the bathroom. No. No? I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm not in a child's mind, but I don't think a child... I think a child would find it funny. Yeah. And fun. <laughs> and yeah, especially our kids. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's Jade and Ava. Yeah. Telling maybe. you should have been uh, pooped in one of her toys and start <laughs> playing with it. Like, <laughs> no. I ain't got time. No, you're right. Uh, diapers all day. How is how is the transition in to potty training or have we not started that yet? Uh, we've kind of started. She has successfully boo-booed and hey. peed in, in the pot pot. Good job, Ava. Um, you know, on a couple occasions. Yeah. But I haven't actively pushed her into, yeah, yeah. you know, using the restroom. She knows what the toilet is. It's just, it's left up to me. Like, do y'all hear the dogs making? My, my dog is, like, walking around trying to play fetch in the middle of a recording session. Stormy, go sit down. Goodness gracious. But, um, yeah, I think that comes back to a lot of it being on me. I feel like I could put more energy into getting Jade on a schedule of, like, 
you, even if she doesn't say she has to go just sitting her yeah. on the pot and like getting excited when she, when she uses the bathroom because like she's had a couple moments where she's like mommy pee pee and she'll like go and actually use the bathroom mm-hmm. but a lot of it is like oh i'll just change your diaper yeah, later it takes the consistency boom consistency you know, in order to get them on the right track when it comes. Because I've heard that potty training really don't take that long. So all that, what you called it? Elimination no, communication. I've heard <laughs> that. Like, if, like I said, if you're consistent with it, I've heard it. It can take, you know, as little as three days to potty train your child. It takes how long? Three days. If you're, like, consistent. And oh, I see what you're them, saying. Yeah, yeah, Give them, you know, that understanding. But, yeah, I know a lot of kids, it didn't take them that long to actually, you know, I ain't going to say fully potty trained, but, you know. But to get in the habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they understand the concept mm-hmm. of, I'm not going to say it took them three days and then, poof, they went in underwear. But, yeah. you know, for the most part, throughout the day, they're going to tell you, you know, I had to use the restroom. Nice. Um, maybe I need to take off three days and just spend <laughs> and spend that time getting Jade on the potty because I'm sick of buying these pull-ups. I know that. Yeah. That shit expensive. Expensive. Yeah. But I feel like we're pretty much hand-in-hand when it comes to the controversy. So, like, we're on the same page when it comes to a lot of those different things. So, let's talk about your pregnancy and birthing experience. Um, was your pregnancy and delivery everything you expected it to be? Or was it completely different, whether that be in a positive way or a negative way? Um, for the most part, um, my pregnancy it was it was smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was time, of course, you get the nauseousness, you get the one to eat everything, you get <laughs> to the point where you always pissing all the time. So those are the things you know I I kind of knew about and expected mm-hmm. and as far as the delivery it was easier now that delivery was easier than i thought it was gonna be nice like because you know you watch tv and you see them screaming and sweating and hair everywhere <laughs> like i went through all of that when i you know yeah gave birth. girl when i gave birth like I had, like I had a very calm, like a calm delivery could have been because I was induced and I was just kind of sitting there waiting for some things to pop off. But there was a lady in the room next to me and she was going through it. She was screaming like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> and you could have just seen Jude's face like he was really worried that I was going to turn into that person. But it, that's not what it was like at all. But yeah, I feel like my pregnancy was super smooth. Like I feel like. I didn't really start showing until maybe month like six or seven, so that was nice. Opposite of me, I did not hide my pregnancy at month probably three. Wonderful, like I was about six months pregnant. I gained like a total of seventy. I think I was pushing seventy pounds that I had gained. But I wanted that big like pregnancy belly. I just looked like I had had like a couple beers. I wanted like the big, full, plump pregnancy belly. <laughs> I did, but you know, is what it is. So, um, overall, you say you enjoyed your your pregnancy. Yeah, I enjoyed the little flutters that turned into kicks. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that was really dope for me too, because like you really don't realize like creating a baby really is like the miracle of life. Like I remember watching that video in school, and it really is like to have two people come together and create a whole another little human and like she's growing inside of you and like that bond you feel with the baby is like crazy because you're literally feeling something grow inside of you for a total of nine months it's really crazy so i agree i had a good pregnancy and a pretty dope delivery um (laughs) 
So whenever you're pregnant, especially as a first time mom, everybody is like super amped about it. And they're giving you like their their own personal stories and they're giving you books and like mommy for dummies and like articles. And you're going on tours of the maternity ward at the hospital. Do you feel like there was any advice that they conveniently left out, whoever they may be, whether it be mom, aunties, doctors, midwives, whatever? I mean, I don't think it's necessarily advice, but one thing that I did, um, I guess, experience and I didn't know about, you mm-hmm. know, beforehand was like that nasty taste <laughs> that you get in your mouth, like my first trimester. Mm-hmm. And one of my coworkers, she said she experienced it. She had three kids and she experienced it with all three of hers. And I think I was kind of getting over it once I kind of entered my second trimester. And she said hers came back in her third trimester. Well, I know you was nervous. I was so pissed, <laughs> but luckily it didn't come right. out. Like, it just takes like you have a mouth full of pennies. And all I'm you want to just spit. And it just make you feel so nasty and... Ugh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I didn't experience that. I know my first trimester, I was just nauseous all the time. Like my mother-in-law ended up giving me these little g- ginger candies, which were actually, actually very helpful. Mm-hmm. But I was just nauseous all the time. And it's to the point of like, I was like, could like body just throw up already? Cause I'm <laughs> sick of feeling like this and nothing's happening and nothing is fixing it. But, um, the one piece of advice to keep, keep the ginger candies on deck. You can find yeah. them at Our like, mates. Mints, yeah, like just just keep those on deck because that really helps with the um nauseousness. But one thing that I feel like maybe that it's just to my own ignorance because after I gave birth to Jade, I was just trying to get up and walk and act like I did not just push out a whole human. Like I remember after having Jade, the the nurse came in and she was like, "Okay." I need you to try using the restroom. I'm like, okay. So I start to get up. She's like, sit down. Like, I have to help you. Like, you can't just get up and go walk. Like, I have to make sure you don't fall. I'm like, okay. So then I get to the bathroom and I take my first piss. I'm sorry. I take my first pee. And like, it burned so bad. And I feel like nobody prepared me for that. And I feel like in retrospect, duh, you just push out a whole baby it's going to be tender down there. But yeah, nobody told me. But for future moms, what I advise is have like a bathroom little cup or something to where you can fill it up with warm water and just pour it over your nether regions <laughs> while you're peeing. It really helps. But yeah, nobody told me about that. That, that was the hardest thing. Like literally right after having a baby. Um, do you feel like you dealt with postpartum at any capacity? Yeah, I think I had a minimum, like, like I didn't, I, I don't feel like I was just depressed, yeah. depressed. I feel like I didn't have that attachment that I thought I would to her mm-hmm. in the first few months, mm-hmm. you know, of, of, you know, of her life. Mm-hmm. It, it got to the point where I guess when I was able to actually latch, you know, and she was like, consistently breastfeeding where I kind of felt the bond that was supposed to be there in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I guess to a certain extent, yes, I did, you know. And I, and I was telling you this earlier, I appreciate you even opening up to say that because I think like our thought or our, our, um, our image of what postpartum looks like is like somebody crying all day or like literally being depressed. But for you, it was just simply you not having the immediate attachment you would assume you would have with your baby. So was that something that you talked to anybody about or was it somebody you just, something you just kind of tried to deal with on on your own? Um, I guess, 
in the meantime, I kind of dealt with it on my own. I guess I was kind of ashamed. Yeah. But eventually I did, you know, tell one of my other mommy friends about mm-hmm. it. And I don't even necessarily know if she had, she felt like she had postpartum, but I don't think it was to the same extent that I had. Yeah. But, um, she, being a labor and delivery nurse, she, you know, she know that it's real. So I guess that's why I kind of felt comfortable opening up right, right. about it. But during it all, no. Because I, I thought I would, you know, get over it. Yeah. As being, you know, a strong black woman. <laughs> we, right. try to, right. know, we try to push through any type of... That's facts, yeah. You know, mental, I guess, situations. Right. So, in retrospect, do you feel like if you would have opened up to somebody about it, you could have kind of dealt with it in a different way? Or do you feel like it was just something that you needed to handle? This goes back to me, I guess, trying to be that strong person. Yeah. I think it was something I, I knew I probably could have just kind of dealt with yeah. on my own. So, if what what advice would you give to somebody who is dealing with postpartum? Would you advise them to possibly reach out to somebody about it? Or does it just depend on what level they're on when it comes to the postpartum? Um, I would I would say your significant other, your spouse, or, you yeah. know, probably, you know, reach out to them so they can know how mm-hmm. to be sensitive to the situation. If anything, that's probably who I should have said something to. Yeah. So, you know, he would have been, you know, stepping on certain, I guess, toes of the situation. Not, yeah. not triggering you. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. When it came to that, but... Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, you probably should just, and they should be the first person you say something to. But if yeah. I feel like if it's deeper than what I experienced, then yes, you most definitely because you don't want to get to the point where you feel like. Because I know some situations they want to actually harm. Yeah, the yeah. Child. Mm-hmm. Like some people, like it goes back to me watching Law and Order. <laughs> I don't see you know a situation where people like just discard of their child. Like if yeah, you get that's bad, sad. Yeah. Just, you know, just throw that baby away. So if you ever feel, you know, that bad, mm-hmm. then yeah. I remember um I was talking to somebody and they were telling me about how it can be overwhelming as a first time mom to have to deal with a crying baby and not knowing how to soothe them or whatever. And that could trigger something. It was like, yo, if it takes you putting the baby in the side of a crib and just closing the door and just letting her cry it out to kind of step away and try to regain your thoughts and feelings, like do that. Yeah. And that was one of like, I had never considered that, but you know, some some sometimes you got to do it. Um so what do you think your hardest transition into motherhood has been? Um I guess finding me. Like you kind of lose yourself when you're trying to devote all your time, all your energy, you know, into this one person to make sure you get everything right. It's yeah. not, you know, more so I guess a, a bad thing that mm-hmm. you're trying to do everything right, but sometimes you do, like you say, you kind of got to step back. Mm-hmm. You know, not in just the sense of they crying all the time, just to kind of you know remember who you are. Right. So I think that was that's probably the hardest part about. And I I, I still don't think I don't figure it out. Yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, that was that was kind of like a gut check for me because um like 
anytime V comes over here, usually she has Ava because like she's a mom, I'm a mom. We always have 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 them our daughters and they play together or whatever but she's here by herself tonight and i'm all like where's ava and she's looking at me like bitch i can't come over here just me but it is important that you recognize yo i gotta just get out just me and like put the mommy hat down for a second so shout out to you for realizing that that is something you need but i think that was my hardest transition too and i think that happened before jay was even born i remember we were like closing i was maybe month sixth maybe and I remember having a conversation with Jude, like, you know, I'm just really nervous because, you know, I, I feel like I still haven't found me yet or I haven't found my passion. And now that I'm going to have a baby, like everything's going to be about her and I'm not going to have time to find me. And like, what if you feel like I'm complacent and fucking like you don't like me anymore? Like, it was just a lot of thoughts. And um, you kind of got to realize, first of all, like, it's not about the nigga so much like of course I want you to be happy like of course I still want you to like me and love me but at the end of the day like I gotta I gotta still try to find me and that's why it's important to have like an open com- communication with with your spouse or or um your significant other because they can't help you unless you they open know. up and they like and they know and I feel like the one thing that you was good about is like yo like you still need to have time for you if you know if there's ever a time where you feel like you have to figure some shit out like I'm here for for you to try to figure that out and the dope part is like you were saying we put so much focus on being a mom and we want to do everything right the first time but a lot of that stuff just kind of comes naturally like I feel like there wasn't a hard transition into knowing how to feed her clothe her change diapers like it's just a natural nurturing thing the hardest transition is with ourselves and letting like telling ourselves you're not going to be perfect yeah there's no rule book there's no such thing as a perfect mom you just gotta take it day by day so do you feel like no you did say at this point you're still trying to figure out how to still be v outside of being a mom what do you think it's going to take to to get to that point I guess putting trust in other people, cause I think mm. that's my that's my biggest issue. Like I, me being like a stay at home mom, like I only worked I think probably about eight months out of her whole life. Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah about eight months out of her whole life. Yeah. So and even then I didn't have a babysitter. Well, I kind of had one, but it wasn't like it was Janine, the host of what I, <laughs> what I think about this week podcast. She she was babysitter. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, for like long, yeah, no, it was hours yeah. or wee hours in the, you know, morning. Yeah. It was, you know, for a few hours out of, out of the day. <clears throat> I never sent her to, and, and I don't have anything against daycares, yeah. but I never, you know, she's never been to a daycare. And I think it just takes me trusting other people with her, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, to enable me to be able to. You know, just have some new time. Yeah, yeah for and sure. And I think that's where <clears throat> I mess up because somebody can easily say, oh, I'll watch her. And I'm just like, okay. I, no, what's no, you can't. Me, what's <laughs> the point of me, you know, handing over my child when I'm willing, I'm not willing, but I'm, you know, I'm able yeah. to do it. And I mean, I don't know. Yeah. No, I feel you. But I feel like you've kind of gotten to a point where you've been reaching out more like, hey, I want to go out and do this. You want to keep Ava? <laughs> of course. But I think that is important that that um, you take time to do some me things because 
you know, before you were a mom, you were V, you know, you, you, you can't lose that for sure. You actually touched on something that I wanted to ask you next. That's that, that's that tele, telepathical thing working. Um, in the rise of the super saiyan independent woman, that's what I call it, where, you know, she's like, oh, I, I, I don't need a man for nothing. You know, I'm just about my bag and I'm about my c- career, which is fine. Everybody lives a different paths. But we kind of reached a point where it's frowned upon to um, put your family before a career, per se. So how was it? It has been. You don't feel that way? No, I feel like I've put my career and my passions and all that stuff on hold for the sake of, you know, I feel like being a mom is pretty much the ultimate sacrifice. Boom. Some people don't feel like that. Some people feel like um, women are compromising. They're compromising how successful they can be because they are putting effort into it. Like some women feel like, oh, I want to get my career in order of like a family comes second versus some women like my goal is to be a mom and is to have a family and I feel like the whole super saiyan woman thing has been kind of overshadowing the whole stay-at-home mom thing so how has it been for you being a stay-at-home mom and did you know that that you ultimately wanted to be a stay-at-home mom in the beginning no I didn't think that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. I was kind of forced to kind of be one because yeah. I, I don't have family here. Yeah. So it was either put her in daycare, you know, or stay at home in the way <laughs> <laughs> my chicken is set up. <laughs> but I got a chance for the savings from the check-ins and wait three business days. Yeah. I mean, you know, between the both of us, we couldn't afford daycare because it's outrageous. Like, they won't... I think when she was... At the age where I was trying to put her in daycare, they wanted like two hundred dollars a week. Like, and that's and that's like bare minimum daycare yeah, too. Yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. And by the time I went to work, I'll be giving them my whole paycheck. So right. what sense did that even make? Right. But to be honest with you, I don't regret being a stay at home mom because at the end of the day, I can say, oh, I taught her this, mm-hmm. I taught her that. But on the flip side of it. I can't blame <laughs> right. the ill moves sometimes she make on somebody else. Like yeah. today, <laughs> she want to call a mess a mess, but not only a mess, a motherfucking mess. <laughs> so I'm just like, where you get that from? I blame those darn YouTube videos because we don't, we, we don't see everyone that they're watching. I blame YouTube, man. They pick up too much from those YouTube videos. I ain't even to blame them. <laughs> No, I think um, you're right. Being a mom is like the ultimate job and, and, and it's the most fulfilling, honestly, to be able to say. And, and of course, everybody's situation is different. And some, I feel like it's a blessing you were afforded the opportunity to be a stay-at-home mom because everybody doesn't have that. But to be able to be with um, your child every day and mm-hmm. to be able to teach her and to have that bond and she's learning from you and she's spending that time with you, it's amazing. And I mean, I just even look back like when I was a child, like mm-hmm. the thing I do regret with the the relationship I had with my mom, she's the greatest mom. I'm not taking anything away from her, yeah. but she worked 
a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't have those memories or of us, you know, going on a spa day or mm-hmm. matching outfits or, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. taking mom, daughter, daughter photos because mm-hmm. she just put so much time in to try to, you know, Provide. keep the household, you know, yeah. afloat. And the fact that I am, you know, blessed with the opportunity to not really have to work. Right. Then... I'm thankful. Absolutely. <laughs> and like I'm a and I want to be I want to be a stay-at-home mom and like low key I am but not really cuz I work from home but at the same time like I'm still clocking in somewhere every day to where yeah. 8 hours of my day is really dedicated towards a job even though Jade's inside the next room that's 8 hours I could be putting into yeah. her. So, I think it's amazing. You're lucky. How how I mean I guess you would want to until she has to go to school, which is what four or five. Yeah, yeah. that's that's pretty much what we're what what I'm aiming to do. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, she that's only in two and a half years. Well, really less because they go to pre K at four. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's less than two years. She'll be in school. So right. why not just wait it out? Um, you know, currently going to school and getting a degree. So the timing of kind of. It it'll it'll line up. Yeah. Yeah. Look at God. Um so uh what is something that you would like to improve on as it pertains to parenting? Routine. Boom. <laughs> a routine. Yeah. Because I guess you have a decent bedtime, but they say the best bedtime is like eight o'clock, eight thirty. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> but you know, she goes to bed, she goes to sleep at, you know, ten Sometimes 11, sometimes <laughs> 1. <laughs> Jay Clark, 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but for the most part, she's, you know, if I tell her to go to sleep, she go to sleep. It right. ain't a hassle. So I guess that falls back on me again mm-hmm. to where their routine, you know, between, well, you know, me putting those guidelines down saying, hey, oh, okay, it's 8 o'clock. Let's you know, let's wrap it up, let's get in the bed. And it's hard to try to put a routine on somebody else if you yourself have no set routine. I just kinda let things ride, but I'm learning also, especially with the toddler, hey, we need to start having like a routine. Mm -hmm. You're up at this time, you're eating at this time, nap at this time, boom. And that's the crazy thing too though. Um in the morning, I feel like I have a routine in the morning, but not at night. Mm. Like, she, if she's sleeping past a certain time, oh, I gotta wake her up. Mm-hmm. Especially if I knew she went to bed, you know, at a decent time. I'm like, oh, you gotta get up. Right. I don't know what's that about, but, you mm-hmm. know, I guess it's about me wanting to feed her breakfast. <laughs> like, she just gotta you see the southern mom here? I just want to wake her up to feed her breakfast. <laughs> I mean, growing up, my dad, you know, he was a big breakfast cooker, so we always had breakfast. So right. I guess it just kind of instilled in me to know that you got to wake up and eat breakfast. I made a tweet about that where a Facebook post, I was like, I just like, because that's what I remember too, like waking up on Saturday mornings, my my parents would um, would be cooking breakfast and that was a routine. And with me working on, on Saturdays, I don't get to do that. And I felt like little stuff like that is important or us all sitting down having dinner at the table. Yeah. Like that's important. And those are things that I grew up with that I really want to establish in my household. I just got to get my work schedule together. And that's another thing. Routine is hard when my work schedule so doesn't, right yeah, like it doesn't, it conflicts with what my ideal of what a routine would be. So I guess I'll have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. I have faith. 
All right, well, V, thank you so much for coming to be a part of my podcast with me and having the conversation and sipping on wine with me and stuff. Anytime, anytime. It was so much fun. Thank you all so much for tuning in again. Um, if you have not already, make sure you catch up on all previous episodes, what I think about this week available on all podcast platforms. I do hope you all have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for checking in with me for a little bit of classy fuckery. And I'll catch you all next week on what I think about this week.